Fig Jam Podcast, Episode 3. Welcome to Fig Jam Podcast, Episode 3. I'm Catherine, and today we're talking about all things positive self-talk. If you joined me last week, you would be very familiar with all of the different types of negative self-talk we went over from catastrophizing or polarizing, personalizing, all of those negative things that seem to just come into your head and have your little inner critic going nutso for your insecurities and targeting your self-esteem. We broke down what that means, how it manifests, and I guess we really spoke tried to speak a lot about why it happens and then what it affects you psychologically and also a little bit physiologically as well because we know that negative self-talk and stress has a direct correlation to your not only your mental health but also your physical health as well and that's because of the correlation with the stress hormone cortisol because it kind of wreaks havoc in your hormonal system. So what we're going to talk about today or tonight is all about our positive self-talk. So this is flipping that negative self-talk that you probably are doing, probably are experiencing. We're going to flip that on its head and we're going to work out, okay, if this is me, if last week's episodes resonated really well with me and I'm feeling like that's what I'm doing, I'm constantly critiquing myself, my self-esteem may not be as great as it could be, I feel stressed or anxious a lot of the time and I feel like I could be better, chances are you're probably killing things in your life. As in, when I say that, what I mean is you're probably kicking all your goals so the issue here isn't necessarily that you're not achieving what you want to achieve it's more so that your mind and your brain are telling you the negative stuff that may or may not be happening so you're focusing on the negatives or you're focusing on what's not happening rather than celebrating and recognizing the stuff that is happening if you are struggling with meeting your goals there's probably some things in there um that need to be unpacked and explored um, and that needs to happen in a separate context but I guess what our positive self-talk conversation tonight is going to be really focused on is if you feel like your inner critic is always having a go and always at you and trying to you know control what you're doing if that is you these are some strategies that you could use to try and I guess flip it on its head So I like to think of my inner critic, and this is absolutely a strategy that I've adopted for um, my own mental health strategies, because working in the industry that I've worked, that I've worked in for the last few years in social work. And even before that, when I was a uni student and um, doing teaching placement and working in the science field, all of those sort of um, aspects of very high pressure environments, they're often known to be big triggers of mental health crises. Um, So one of the things I did early on when I noticed my inner critic targeting my emotional safety and security was that I actually personified it. So I created my little critic into a a little character. Now you can do this in a lot of different ways and it has a big emphasis in the um, neuro-linguistic programming um, field. So if you're interested in that sort of thing, by all means, check out some more strategies 
um, in the NLP space. But essentially, if you personify some of these things, it makes it less daunting, makes it less scary, and it takes the focus away from you and it takes the focus away from your own mental health. So my little character, and this was a choice that I did really consciously, and I've made my character a leprechaun. So I've done this for a couple of reasons. Now, the the normal one that people tend to think of is I have a devil and I have an angel and they're the people who talk to me. Um, but that really creates a very big good and bad perception. So then if you think that something is good, um, the, the angel might talk to you. And then if you think something's bad, the devil might talk to you. And I think that making it just one character that the voice is always coming from makes it a hell of a lot easier to be able to manage that sort of stuff. Um, now, when I think of my inner critic, if they're saying something to me like, oh, you can't do this, you're not good enough. How, why would you think that? Why would you say that? Why would you do that? Um, when those things happen, I imagine my little leprechaun saying it. And I don't know if you join me in this thought process, but if you imagine a little leprechaun saying anything, it sounds super high pitch and squeaky and you just can't take it seriously. So my rational brain knows what I do really well. I could write you a list of things I know I can do really, really well. My rational brain can also write you a list of things I don't do very well. But what my emotional brain, which is where my inner critic sits because it wants to lash out at my self-esteem, it, it will tell me the things I don't do very well, but catastrophize them into I'm a bad person because I can't do these things. Now, that message coming from a little inner critic is way more scary than that message just coming from a little leprechaun that sits in my head. So my first piece of advice, if you are experiencing some really big challenges in your negative self-talk and it's happening really frequently, is to personify the voice and make create distance. You want to name it. So you want to have that inner critic be named and personified. I know someone who calls their inner critic Valerie and yells at Valerie when she's being too harsh. I also know someone else who pictures it like Santa Claus because Santa Claus doesn't say things that are nasty. And if he does, he normally says it in a joyful way. You need to pick a personality and a personality type that resonates with you to be able to merge both your negative self-talk stuff and your personality type all in the one thing. I would really advise against using a name or a personality trait or anything like that that triggers you because otherwise it will constantly trigger you every time it happens. For me, I find leprechauns are really, really helpful. I've also known people who've used unicorns or um, phoenixes or wizards or and like a whole bunch of different mythical creatures because there's very little connotation to the to the real world and what they mean and that sort of thing or if they have they've chosen those characters or animals to be specific to it being humorous or comedic and and for me that's exactly what I did because you know how hard would it be for a for a frog to say you know you're doing a bad job on this like I couldn't help but laugh if that happened so Choose and personify your inner critic's voice because what that not only does is creates that distance between what's being said and what's actually true, but it also 
takes the power and control away from you. And a lot of documentaries, articles, podcasts you'll listen to will recommend that you think about talking about things in a way that, you know, would you say it like that to your best friend? Would you say that like that to your mother? And that's really easy to think about. It's not so easy to think about in the moment. And when you're wanting to control that inner voice, that inner critic, you want to make sure that you can do that stuff about redirecting and reframing your thought process or your words. But that doesn't always happen if you just, oh, think about, it's a bit airy-fairy to just think about how you would say it to your best friend or think about how you wouldn't say it to your best friend. So I prefer to have a character because then it's almost as if you can have the character talking to you and you can interpret via your social cues whether you think that's something you want to take on or not. Um, So that's the first step. Create that personality type, create that person and create the distance. So when my little leprechaun wants to talk to me, I need to then think about after the little leprechaun has said its piece in my head, do I take that on board or do I leave it as is? Is it important to my mental and physical well-being or can I leave it? So that's your first step. The second step is you might actually want to learn how to and where to change. Now, this doesn't mean that there's anything necessarily wrong with you or wrong with your processes, but if you are constantly thinking about negative things in the same areas of your life or in the same structures or social contexts, you may want to think about how you can create new habits, create new perspectives or reframe your thinking to shift it from that negative damaging self-talk to more of a positive mindset now for example I know that for me um, I had a really tough time when I was studying my science degree at uni and so when I was doing that I I used to have a lot of negative self-talk you know you're not smart enough you can't do this and I would often find that I would do that a lot when I was my brain would tend to tell me those messages quite a lot when I was sitting on the bus heading to uni So what I did is I found, I I explored that in myself. So I looked at it and I worked out that, you know, the reason my brain was being so active during that time, not only was it probably because I wasn't always up to date on lectures or wasn't always up to date in what was going on in class, but it was also because I had some time to my brain and to myself. So I wasn't listening to music. I wasn't doing any of those sort of things. So what I actually did is I changed my bus time to be my study time. So I actually used my bus ride to go over my notes, to reinstall my confidence, to fill my brain with the knowledge that I needed. And what they did is it identified that area of the bus and the bus on the way to uni particularly. And it also identified the the challenges I was having in relation to my self-confidence and my self-esteem and reframed how I was processing that time. So instead of leaving my brain really inactive to think all of those negative things because I was feeling overwhelmed or feeling anxious or whatever it was, I then flipped it to a time to build my confidence, to reinforce my learning, to further understand conceptual ideas. It could be as simple as that. It could also be as simple as in the morning 
when you wake up, the first thing you do is go and wash your face. And when you look in the mirror, you can see your body and you just feel like that, that you're not, you got no, you don't have the body that you want. Maybe it's about when you wake up first thing in the morning, you have um, a wet wipe on your bedside table and you use that instead of going to the mirror. And that could be a really big way to shift your negative thinking to positive thinking when you first start the day. It doesn't have to be an all intensive process, but really focusing in on what are the things that are, when are you having your negative self-talk time? What is the activity you're doing and what is being said to you in your head when you're doing those activities are kind of the three big questions. So they were, what are you doing at the time? When is it happening? And what is being said? Because I guess, you know, when we look at my example, it's, I was on the bus, I, um, I was on the way to uni and I was being told I wasn't smart enough. So my, my reframing then focused all around how can I build my self-confidence and my self-esteem in my knowledge, confidence and my knowledge areas. And so that's what I then did from there. It might be that you find you are actually just consistently being really, really, really hard on yourself. And I think you'll find that with our first strategy of the leprechaun, that you actually might find a bit of a shift in this if this is you. So, you know, several times throughout the day, you find yourself thinking, I'm not good enough, I'm not this, I'm not that. Um, The leprechaun should really help with that. But I think also it's really nice to have a reminder. So my third strategy for you is to check yourself. So what I want you to do is a couple of times throughout the day, if you find that you're consistently feeling really down, the negative self-talk is very prominent, you are experiencing that on a very large level, make sure you have a reminder periodically throughout the day to reframe your thinking. I've used this word reframe a couple of times and just kind of realized that I probably haven't explained it very well. And it is quite a complex topic that we will cover another time. But essentially reframing your thinking means that if you are on one thought pattern, usually this reframe language is used in relation to fixed in growth mindsets or um, unhelpful and helpful thoughts. So, you know, if the for example, if the test, if you got did a test and then you got the test results back and you didn't do very well, you might look at it and be like, oh, I didn't do very well. I'm bad at tests. And that would be a very fixed mindset approach versus if we look at a growth mindset approach, we would look at, oh, I didn't get a very good mark on that test. Um, I'm like, I, I wonder if I could get some feedback to try again better, or maybe that was really challenging for me. I wonder how I can overcome that next time. And the process of flipping between that fixed mindset where we really were down on ourselves and like, this is me forever. I'm labeling, labeling myself as this bad test taker forever to maybe I can do better next time. That process is the reframing. And you can consciously do that in your brain to the point where if you do it enough, your brain will automatically do it eventually. So what I'm suggesting is that checking yourself could be a third strategy you use in that you have a couple of times throughout the day where you consciously stop, reflect on what you have been thinking about your self-esteem, about your knowledge, about your 
confidence, your appearance, or whatever it is that's being talked about in your head. Think about what's being said and try to reframe it. It could be that the comments that are happening aren't necessarily fixed or growth mindset related, but it could be that you're being really down on yourself. So it could be that you are constantly thinking, I'm not good at anything. So your check yourself time could be reframing it to think about one or two things you're really good at. Because I can guarantee you there are one or two things you are really good at. Now, to actually do this is a hell of a lot harder than me just saying it to you in this podcast context, because actually putting in the discipline and the time and allocating time to yourself to be able to execute this every single day is bloody hard. And I do not blame you if you don't get it right first time. So please, please don't think that if you can't do this or you don't do this, you're stuck in this negative self-talk bottle bubble forever because that's absolutely not true. One of the things that I found works really well for me because I'm trying to do a lot of positive mindset flipping at the moment is creating alarms in my phone. So I have three alarms a day that remind me of the values and attitudes I have in my life and it helps me reframe whatever thought process, activity, idea I'm currently thinking of and it makes me reframe that concept into the value that comes up on my reminder every day. So just three times throughout the day, I'm checking myself, I'm making sure I'm implementing my values and my beliefs, and I'm pushing that into my life. This may not be effective for you. Some people are really good with holding themselves accountable. Some people are really bad holding themselves accountable, which is why I like the phone method, because I feel that, you know, the phone is almost an external thing that can hold me accountable. You might find it's helpful to wear a ring or wear a bracelet that reminds you of those, um, of the reframing idea. You might choose to, you know, if you're at university or in a job where you have lots of meetings, you might say at the beginning of each meeting, I'm going to check myself or at the end of each meeting, I'm going to check myself. And there's a lot of, um, a lot of psychology to suggest that that's a really good thing to do anyway, but in the, for the purpose of reframing our thinking from negative self-talk to positive self-talk, we could, we could really use that as a, as a prompt of how we're moving through the day. Now, my fourth and second last strategy is following a healthy lifestyle. Now, this is really, really hard. I find it very hard. I have an absolute weakness for all things takeaway. I love a good glass of wine. I love, you know, (laughs) lying in bed as opposed to going for a run. If you are following a really healthy lifestyle, and that doesn't mean that you need to be a bodybuilder, but it means that you're probably doing your exercise regularly. It means that you are eating really consciously. You're trying to you know, do things that contribute to both a physical, mainly a physical health. So things that aid your physical health. So you might do some stretching in the morning. You might go for a run in the afternoon. You might make sure that you eat enough fruit and vegetables, all of those sort of things. But following that type of healthy lifestyle actually does wonders to boosting not just your physical health, surprise, surprise, but also 
your mental health. And it really comes back to this positive, negative mindset, self-talk stuff. So just think about how much stuff your leprechaun would have to say if you were following a pretty healthy lifestyle. They'd probably have very little to come back to you on around like what you're eating or what choices you're making or whether you're good enough or all those sort of things. If you're following quite a healthy lifestyle and attitude. Now, I'm not saying that you need to cut everything out. Absolutely not. Like, I absolutely don't do that. But I do consciously try to make time to make sure I'm following a healthy lifestyle. Now, with a busy work life and home life, that doesn't always mean that I'm out on a run every other day. But what it does mean is that I'm consciously choosing foods that have lots of color and fruit and vegetables that I'm making sure that um, if I'm feeling tense, I'm getting a massage or I'm stretching or I'm using an acupuncture mat or things like that. It means that I'm looking after my physical well-being as well as my mental well-being. I really begrudgingly will always, always, always mention this time in my life. And it is the the biggest bane of my existence that this ever happened because it makes me so mad. But a couple of years ago, a friend of mine conti- uh, convinced me to do a fitness challenge with her. And I was, you know, very, yep, sure. Let's do that. That sounds like a great idea. It was a fantastic fitness challenge. Um, and I was doing possibly some of the hardest subjects I'd ever completed at university during that time period. And I was absolutely floored to find out that that six months was probably the most successful I've ever been in my entire life. So working out consistently, having a really healthy lifestyle, being held accountable for that healthy lifestyle. And also I didn't do anything else for my mental health even. It was mainly just around that and then also my study. And that in itself supported my mental health throughout that time period. Um, And that time period was a really tumultuous time in my personal life as well. And I found that through doing that and keeping my healthy lifestyle, my mental health was so much stronger coming out of it. So number four, to shift that positive mindset into gear, follow your healthy lifestyle. Now my fifth and final tip And not everyone is going to like this one because I know it's sometimes a little bit unavoidable, but we want to surround ourselves with positive people. I know. We all have them, our family, our friends who are just the not positive people. That one person who always finds the negative in any, everything. They are the pessimist. They are the person who tears everyone down or rips them to shreds or whatever you want to say. But what you want to do is you want people in your closest circle who are going to support and nourish your mindset. You want people who are not going to give ammunition to your little leprechaun. You do not want people who are going to continue to provide critical feedback to you about things that are really superficial. There is a time and place for critical feedback in relation to how you're going or what um, what work you're doing or what how you're progressing in relation to mainly around study and work and performance. But that doesn't need to come from the people who you socially 
hang out with. If you find that you don't have a group of positive, helpful people, I would really encourage you to find them. Because no matter how much of the stuff you do on your own, in reflecting and practicing gratitude and finding your areas to change and checking yourself and creating your leprechaun and all of those sort of things, no matter how much of that you do, if you are constantly surrounded by toxic, angry, pessimistic people, you will constantly come up to bat with what's going on in their life. They're going to keep draining you and that negative mindset is going to keep setting in. And we want to avoid that kind of at all costs. So, number five, surround yourself with positive people. Not just to mention the negative mindset stuff, but it's also going to be an added layer of stress for you. And as we talked about with the negative self-talk stuff, the, the relational side of things can be really, really hard on your mental health in particular in relation to the stress and it will also then because we have the such of the stress response and the cortisol you'll then have a physiological reaction as well so avoid those negative people and not necessarily avoid them but avoid extensive interactions with them we all have the family and friends who are always there in our face who are always needy and and quite down on everything but we do need to make time away from those people to be in our supportive network. So that's my five tips for shifting your negative to positive. So just to recap, you need to create your leprechaun. So create that distance with your inner critic, name them, personify them, give them a, give them personality, give them a name, give them a costume, whatever it works for you. Use humor if it's appropriate for your communication style. You might then want to choose some areas where you feel like change is needed. Remembering that we want to try and try and find some areas where we can shift that mindset. We want to reframe the thoughts. We want to really hone in on where is it happening? Why is it happening? And how is it happening? And how are we going to flip it? You're then going to create some prompts for yourself, whether that's a bracelet or um, alarms in your phone or little cues throughout the day where you're going to stop, check yourself, think about what you're thinking. And if you have the time, you're going to reframe it for me. You're then going to try as best as you can in our busy life, although with isolation, this should be much easier for most of you to follow a healthy lifestyle. So we will want you to make sure that you are being mindful about what you're eating, trying to engage in some exercise and overall looking after your physical health because that will boost your mental health. And lastly, you're going to try and surround yourself with positive people. Negative people breed negative thoughts, negative processes. So you want those positive people and positive processes in your life. That's all from me today. I hope you have a wonderful time. If you are interested in any of our future content, please feel free to follow us on Instagram at figjamoz or feel free to get on our website and check out some of the freebies we've got for downloading at www.figjamoz.com and click away. Have a lovely time. Thank you. Bye.